Welcome back to Pastor Life Podcast from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. I'm Rhonda Blevins, Pinnacle Associate and Pastor of Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And I'm David Brown, Pinnacle Associate and Pastor of the Welcome Table in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And we are recording this episode on Friday the 13th of 2022. (laughs) And already we've been kicked out of our recording platform once. (laughs) And we're hoping that the recording is going to work, but you never know on Friday the 13th. That's right. And we would be doing this glitchy stuff when our team leader, Reverend Dr. Mark Tidsworth, is here with us. And uh, he's watching us flail and flounder a little bit. Wouldn't that, isn't that just par for the course, David? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mark has been, if anybody can be called a frequent guest of the podcast, I think Mark can be called a frequent guest of the podcast. And we always appreciate both the leadership that he gives to Pinnacle and the insight that that he gives to to us and to our listeners. And so he's a, a great person to have on for this season. Mark is our team leader. He's the founder and team leader of Pinnacle. He's the author of several books, uh, co-author of Disciple Development Coaching with Ursula Harrison. He's the author of 40 Days of Prayer. He's the author of Shift, Three Big Moves for the 21st Century. Um, He's the author of Farming Church and most recently Reshape, Emerging Church Practice in a Volatile World, which he wrote in the middle of the pandemic, which was pretty impressive. Well, and we just really appreciate what Mark brings, uh, and obviously a lot of content creation is central to what Mark is doing these days, uh, but also the topic that we're going to talk about a little bit today, um, assessments and trainings and how to uh, really use those to maximize who we are as ministers and how we function. Um, and uh, a little interesting tidbit and maybe a promo uh, Mark and some other folks on our team recently uh, came back from a retreat that they led and used a bunch of different assessments with a group of pastors to help them dive more deeply into their uh, leadership approaches. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that with Mark in a few minutes. I feel like Mark knows a lot of things that I don't know. And so on this episode and this season of Pastor Life, I feel like he has a lot to teach us. And I'm interested to learn about assessments. I haven't used a ton of assessments in my ministry, so I'm interested to hear what he has to say today. So let's welcome to the pod, Reverend Mark Tidsworth. Hey, Mark. Hey, you all. Thank you for uh, inviting me on on Friday the 13th to join you. (laughs) Well, thanks for being here on Friday the 13th, and we'll see how that plays out, right? Would you add anything, Mark, to the introduction, this uh, grand introduction that Rhonda gave and uh, the, the list of all the books, et cetera? Uh, what, would, what would you add, if anything? I, I just feel privileged most of the time to be a part of, um, of what we're up to these days. There's just always so much more to learn. And so much more to experience, but so much more to learn. And, and I think that's what really keeps me involved with this, with the um, emerging expression of church, so to speak, is uh, I want to see what's next. And I want to see how it continues to unfold. And I uh, want to be a part of that. And that's very invigorating and very exciting uh, when we can get ourselves there. So, so that's what keeps me in this. And I'm glad to be a part of it today. I feel like you're always reading, you're always studying, you're always um, trying to figure out what's what's new, what's emerging, what's kind of around the bend. And so I appreciate that. You kind of 
um, are able to take the 30,000 foot view when I feel like sometimes I'm kind of in the nuts and bolts of daily ministry life in the pastorate. And uh, so that's one of the gifts that you have always brought um, to the table since I've known you since I think 2012. Um, So anyway, I I appreciate that about you. So let's talk about assessments. Why are you interested in telling pastors and clergy and others who may be listening about using assessments in the church and in the parish? Well, one, um, I'm just always curious about how human beings function, that we we are uh, wonderfully created and made in, in God's image. And uh, there's so much more to learn about how we function and what, what makes us tick and what helps us to serve effectively and to serve well. So that's part of it, just a curiosity about that. But then the other is, I hear from clergy and church staff all the time that they have difficulty getting an accurate read on their effectiveness uh, as leaders and just as ministers in general, but especially around leadership. And I was thinking about a moment ago, uh, one pastor that I know who used to say that when uh, the only feedback she gets, she's a a senior pastor, uh, the only feedback she gets is when people are leaving after worship uh, at the back door and they'll say something like, on one end of the spectrum, you are the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to our church. You are single-handedly saving our church and helping us move into the future. Or I thought that was just me that got that kind of praise. <laughs> wait, wait, wait for the or, Rhonda. Or, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, she went on to say, or you are the sister of Satan. You, you are single-handedly destroying our church. And, and then she went on to say, Probably neither one of those is really accurate as far as feedback, but it made me think about the the idea that uh, for leaders in organizations, it's it's hard to get accurate feedback from others or from anywhere on how we are serving and how we are are functioning. And uh, it reminds me of primal leadership is one of the places I ran into this, who um, Daniel Goleman, Richard Boyatzis and Annie McKee wrote, which is a great book. It's been out a while, but I'd recommend it to anyone. But they noted in their research that the higher one goes in an organization in leadership, the less accurate feedback they receive mm-hmm. from those around them. And though we don't like to think of church in hierarchical terms, people have lots of baggage around giving ministers accurate feedback. So, so all that, one of the part of that was that's part of what drove me to. Uh, finding helpful assessments, tools that are some level, there's still some level of subjectivity, but lean towards objectivity that can give us a higher level of uh, accurate feedback on how we are functioning, how we're serving, uh, that can lead to uh, greater effectiveness. And then just the one other thing I'd say in relation to that is that that also provides language that clergy and church staff can use with their teams, church staffs, and with their personnel teams about uh, leadership growth and development. So it seems like with assessments and particularly pastors and staff teams that there's an element of self-discovery, learning, uh, creating that growth mindset, um, and and then also the team dynamic of that. When you know the gifts and skill sets of one another, then you're able to uh, interact more effectively, partner, work together more effectively as a team. Um, I know that's really central 
in some of the training that we do with People Map. Um, there are a number of our uh, Pinnacle associates, uh, including myself, who are Pinnacle Map leaders and trainers. Um, Rhonda, I know you are working uh, and learning more about the Enneagram and doing some training to become certified in that realm. That's right. Um, so, uh, Mark, when you think about particularly clergy and churches, um, what are the assessment tools that uh, you found most useful, helpful, maybe also plugging the ones that we tend to use with uh, churches and clergy? Yeah. Well, there there are so many, and uh, all of them have something to offer. And so uh, one of the ways to think about it is the use that you need, the purpose of why you are using an assessment tool, because they each have their strengths and weaknesses, and it depends on what you want to use it for as to what they are helpful for. I started out with the Myers-Briggs type indicator, as did most everybody who uses assessment right. tools, and it's, it's a wonderful instrument. It's been around for a long time. It's proven as a great track record. But one of my first experiences with that was being invited to do a lay leadership team retreat. Uh, this was a fairly large church. They go every year for a retreat in January to a, uh, oftentimes a retreat center. And that's what this was, a Friday night, all day Saturday. And they wanted to use the Myers-Briggs type indicator to do team building. And there are about 35 or 40. It's a sizable group of people. So I... Uh, before the retreat, part of my work was to find out who, who has done the Myers-Briggs before and help those who haven't done it to, to take it. So uh, the people who showed up, some of them were nearly expert level in Myers-Briggs, and others took the free version online 30 minutes before they got in their car and came to the retreat. And so my experience in that retreat was was that we spent the whole time trying to learn the Myers-Briggs and we never got to how you use this as a team. And I love the Myers-Briggs, but I just realized it's excellent for individual and pers personal growth if you have years to study it. But if you want to use something, get to something fairly quickly to help your team, lay leadership team, staff team, whoever the team is, to develop and grow we need something that can get us there quicker. And that's when I started searching, searching around and found the people map, which was introduced to me in my, the coach training that I went through, which is, has only seven questions. You can do the inventory very quickly, score it right then. And then you can start applying it right away. You, you can learn in one hour what it's about and you can start applying it right away. You come out as one of four types. So we use it a lot with team building. I was talking with a pastor um, yesterday who I did this with their team. They have 26, 27, 28 people. We did this a month ago. And he said it has really elevated their conversation because now they are talking about differences in a non-pejorative way. Mm. They can talk about differences among how they approach things and how they do things. And with some level of humor, joking around about the different types rather than uh, assuming someone is trying to be difficult or is, is hard to work with. So, um, so uh, people map is excellent when you want to do team building and uh, create a language that teams can use to work with one another. Uh, 
So that's one. It, it also has a couple other specific uses, like there is a leadership style inventory. So of course, if you want to learn about your leadership style, it would be perfect for that. There's a conflict resolution style inventory. So the people map has this suite of inventories, you might say, that are useful depending on your need. Then there are some other type inventories that are excellent in other ways, like emotional intelligence. Uh, we, I've used the Baron EQI in the past. Um, Ursula Harrison uses the social and emotional intelligence inventory. He did that at our retreat that David mentioned uh, just recently. They are different than personality inventories in that you can get a poor score on those. <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, with a personality inventory, you can't fail it because everybody has a personality. But these others are competency-based or skill-based. And so you can get a low, a medium, or a high score, and you can raise your score if you uh, work at it. Hmm. So uh, those are excellent for leadership uh, development. And then there's the Enneagram too. That's kind of a combination between the two of these. There's uh, it's it types people, but it also provides a way, a pathway for transformation uh, to grow and develop oneself. So it's a whole whole huge. Uh, uh, source resource of information. Yeah, so maybe that's why I've never taken the emotional intelligence inventory. I'm scared I'm going to get a low score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sign you up right now. So uh, get ready. <laughs> we can make that its own podcast. Let's go that's through right. the emotional intelligence inventory with David and Rhonda. <laughs> uh, do it live can we have and report it. Let's have a competition, David. What do you think? <laughs> I'm not sure I want to go up against you, Rhonda. I don't want to go up against you for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, um, so those are like personality inventories that would help a team work together. So what other tools, assessments um, are churches using? What are, you know, what's popular? What's useful? What are, what's out there that we can uh, explore together today? Yeah. One other I would mention is that... If somebody really wants to take a look at themselves as as leaders, uh, there are 360 inventories. You all may have heard of those or seen those, which takes it to another level. The ones we've mentioned thus far, an individual completes the inventory. And so they are they're providing the input and the inventory gives feedback on themselves based on their input. But a 360 is very different where uh, the one I like to use is called uh, pastoral intelligence. It was developed by Maurice Graham, who is at the Shepherd Center. And I think, Rhonda, you did a website, developed a website yeah, for the Shepherd Center. Yeah, built their website for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not Good sure folks. if Maurice himself is still active or not. He may have been retired, but I know they have a new director, but they have the pastoral intelligence and he, he has given us permission to, to use it with clergy. But the methodology with it is you select... 15 to 30 people in your church context who know your ministry pretty well. And they fill out the inventory online about you as their pastor or church staff person. So, and then we receive a 99 page printout of feedback <laughs> about that compiles all of this, all of these perspectives together. So, uh, you can see you have to have a pretty strong backbone in order to uh, 
to do that one because it's feedback from people who know you well. Uh, but it's it's can be really helpful. Yeah, Rhonda, it sounds like that's the one we should do live on our next episode, right? Oh, my right? gosh. Daunting. <laughs> uh, I'm terrified of it. <laughs> we'll do your feedback right here in the podcast. How about that? <laughs> oh, gosh. That, that sounds uh, terrifying. And, and, and I think I'm going to throw up right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. Uh, well, and, and with all of these assessments, um, just to do an assessment by itself with nothing else is really a poor use of the resource. The best use of these is to do an assessment plus a leadership growth plan, plus coaching or a live person who is going to walk with you uh, towards uh, implementation and using it for your good. So, So to maximize one, they are done best in the context of a coaching relationship or Uh, some other kind of relationship with a professional person who knows how to interpret uh, the the inventories that you do. And it can contribute to a leadership growth plan, which we did last week in the retreat that uh, David mentioned. We did the people map, the emotional intelligence inventory, the conflict management style, and then an introduction to your Enneagram type. Then we took all of these and... uh, brought them to our leadership growth plan that Pinnacle's been using for a while, which we'd be glad, I'd be glad to make available to any, any of your listeners who would like to have a copy of that. Uh, it's a, a great way to guide your, uh, your leadership development is it starts with uh, the ideal leader I want to become. And so you can do some visioning there and then it moves to uh, the, the current leader who I am. And that's where all of this input from the inventories is placed there. And then you look at the gaps between where you are and where you want to be. And that's where you focus your development, your leadership growth. Another part of that is looking at your ministry context. What does this particular church need from its pastoral leader or church staff person at this point in time? And so you bring together the context these inventories, your aspirations, your hopes and dreams, and all of that can lead to uh, some goals that you want to pursue. So all of that to say a leadership growth template that can help you integrate all that together along with a professional who can walk with you as you uh, implement this with the idea that any change that's significant is going to require some level of support. I can pretty much change small stuff about about myself without much support. If I want to lose two pounds, I can probably do that by myself. But if I want to change my eating habits and my lifestyle, my health lifestyle, I'm going to need some support and accountability in order to make that happen. So that's why a trained professional like a coach is very helpful with this sort of thing. So you've mentioned a, a, a host of positive Uh, outcomes that might uh, be associated with the sort of investigation into yourself and your leadership style and personality that's a a part of these different instruments. Uh, And you've talked about pairing that with a coach, a live person that would help to uh, focus or direct or hold accountable, those sort of things uh, that would would maximize the, the learning and growth. What do you see 
on the opposite side of this in terms of limitations of these instruments themselves or even ways that they might be misused or uh, a way that we wouldn't get the full benefit from them? That's a great question. And let me answer it in uh, several ways. I've noticed over time that the, the theory behind how we should use these inventories has changed. Uh, 30 years ago, the theory was uh, do an inventory, learn your primary strengths, and then learn the strengths of all the other types and try to become as well-rounded as you possibly can be. Hmm. And so the goal was to always be integrating the strengths from uh, the types of people who are different than you. And it, that was well-intentioned. We just discovered it doesn't really work very well. <laughs> it, it, it leads people to the belief that they should be equally skilled in every area of leadership mm. rather than I think theologically, it's probably more responsible to identify one's own gifts and graces and to have the view, including personality and competencies, and having the view that, that these are God's gifts to me. So let me make the most of that and be the best version of me I can be, and I'll probably make a better contribution to God's movement in the world when I'm seeking to be the best me rather than as much like everybody else as I possibly can be. So that's one of the shifts I've seen along the way uh, over time. And one way to look at these uh, personality inventories. And then, then one other thing that I think speaks to the limitations that, um, that your, of your question, David, is that uh, with the brain research that is going on now, we are recognizing more and more that the brain is far more like a muscle than we thought that it's more malleable, you might say. Uh, we're moving, you might, you might say we're moving from a fixed brain mindset to a fluid brain mindset, mm -hmm. that it's, it, it is like a muscle and we can strengthen the muscle, which affects personality theory. You remember when Myers-Briggs came out, mm -hmm. we thought your personality remains the same your entire life and it doesn't change much at all. You might mature and you might grow, but your personality doesn't change. That belief is changing because we're learning uh, the brain itself is does change over time. And just through observation, uh, recognizing that people, as they grow, change over time. And what I've noticed with things like uh, the people map inventory is that uh, as people mature and grow, oftentimes they are working on the Achilles heels, which is what the people map calls the weaknesses of their second type rather than their primary, their secondary type, rather than their primary type, uh, because they've learned and grown and they've kind of addressed the Achilles heels that were bothersome of their primary type and they moved on to their secondary type. So part of that is life, life cycle theory too, that uh, we change over the life cycle, but I think it has to do with the, the fluidity of the brain. Personalities are not as fixed as we thought. We can learn and we can grow. So all of that to say, one of the limitations is to pigeonhole people mm. and to believe this is who a person is. Their type on an inventory is who they are rather than this describes some tendencies they may have. 
I think that's the way I like to say it now is these inventories describe some tendencies that we have uh, rather than they describe who we are as people. So we're moving moving away from the pigeonholing use of these and, and probably that stage of development too. As, as somebody first learns to use these uh, early on, they typically do pigeonhole themselves and others. But I hope that's a developmental stage that we move on from as we are exposed to it a little bit more and uh, can keep moving forward. I know in Enneagram language, uh, people say, well, I'm a type seven. Uh, Mark, you would, you might say I'm a type three, but uh, the person I'm doing training under, uh, Reverend, uh, well, she's not a reverend, I don't think, uh, Deborah Uten uh, says the better language is I fixate at seven or I fixate at three. Huh. Those uh, are the patterns that I kind of uh-huh. hold on to. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, me, and I've heard people ahead. say uh, that this is a number with which I identify. Okay. Which, <laughs> That's clunky, uh, but yeah, that makes yeah, sense. <laughs> I identify with a seven or a nine, which introduces the idea this this is uh, descriptive, but not prescriptive of who yeah. I am. Yeah, right, right. Well, I wonder if we could shift for just a moment. We've been talking about inventories and assessments for leaders. Um, what's out there if a church board or session or, or whatever would want to say, let's do an assessment of how we're doing as a board or as a church? Um, what do you know that's out there and, and what's around the bend? Yeah, I I have a couple of ideas on that. And then you all might have some others, too. One is um, we developed a few years ago um, an adaptability inventory. Uh, It's called the readiness indicator and it was based on the farming church book that I did. And it assesses seven areas of church life that contribute to a church becoming an adaptive culture, an adaptive environment. And so uh, David helped set up the mechanics and logistics of that. And so it's available. We've been using it with churches. It's specifically for a church who wants to get a read on how adaptable it is. So it it has that specific use. Some of us, some of our team uh, consultants are using the church assessment profile that's put out by Holy Cow Consulting Group. I I have just launched one of those with a church I'm doing consulting with, and they are in the process. It's an online inventory. It's fairly um, expansive and exhaustive. It's about church life. Uh, the church in a wide variety of ways. And so uh, this is the first time I've used it, though Dan Holloway and some of our other folks have used used it with other churches. And so I'm looking forward to receiving the feedback. Uh, they will do an online interpretation, and then we will use it to help guide the assessment portion of the consultation we're doing with this church. Uh, we'll also do live live uh, listening groups with people. So we'll have the live uh, component to that and the online assessment component, put those together. And that gives a pretty good view for a church of who they are and how they're functioning at this moment. And then that sets positions them pretty well to start asking discernment questions. What's, what's our God's calling for us uh, from here forward? So those are the two I would most... Um, most recommend right now and am using the most, though I'm sure there are others out there as well. 
I guess kind of bringing this around for our listeners in terms of someone who is a pastor, church leader, and thinks, I'd love to hear more about this, or I'd like to to dive in a little deeper. Uh, Mark, I'd just invite you to maybe point people towards some resources and maybe here also plug Pinnacle. Uh, but where would somebody find some more information about these different uh, assessments and uh, what would you recommend kind of as a next step from someone who's just, you know, their interest has been piqued by the conversation today? Yeah, most of these assessments, uh, as people know, require uh, training and a certain level of certification in order to deliver them. And so uh, Myers-Briggs type indicator has been around so long that uh, you can do an online version uh, just yourself. But again, like we said before, it's best to do that in relationship with a coach, with somebody who can help you uh, figure out what to do with that once you have the information. Uh, so uh, the people map is the same way a certified trainer uh, delivers the people map. And we do occasionally we'll do introductory webinars to that. And so uh, that's a possibility. And then uh, we do people map trainings of various sorts along the way. So if people are interested in that, they can just get in touch and we can talk through what their needs are and where they may want to go. Uh, Enneagram, there are many folks who do uh, excellent Enneagram training and uh, Rhonda Abbott Blevins is becoming trained as an Enneagram trainer. And so give me a few months, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. Through (laughs) Pinnacle, she'll be available to uh, help with that. We know other people currently who we can refer folks to if they uh, are looking for Enneagram training. We do emotional intelligence training, like I mentioned before, in it with a couple different inventories. And so people are interested in that. Uh, just get in touch. And, and either either we have the skills to do it, or if we don't, we know people who can do that and we can connect you with, with others. And we're glad to be a, a connector type uh, resource for clergy and church staff, depending on their needs. If we can listen and identify your needs, then we can help you figure out what would be the best way to address uh, the needs that you have. Well, Mark, is there anything else you'd like to share, a word of encouragement or um, anything you want to tell us about what's coming up with Pinnacle in the next uh, couple of months or tell us about your sabbatical leave over the summer? Good for you. <laughs> Uh, well, with the, uh, the last word about the assessments that I might share is that, um, the way I look at those is all, all truth is God's truth. If we can find helpful resources from any source that help us develop ourselves and sharpen our skills, uh, then these are worthy and helpful. So, um, I don't think there's any reason to be afraid or overly anxious about any of these, uh, that we can go forward in, in, in faith and with courage. And, uh, these are excellent tools for us. So, um, many ministers are great learners and the people who are learning tend to make great contributions to the world. So I would simply in, encourage that, uh, as people move forward. Uh, with Pinnacle, we have all kinds of stuff going on, and we'll be starting uh, a new clergy collective in the fall that will offer various learning tracks. Uh, if people simply 
keep up with our e-newsletter. That's probably the best way to find out what we are doing. And, um, and again, I would invite people when you see a need that you think someone ought to do something to address that in the clergy world or um, church world, uh, let us know about that because we want to be uh, faithful and relevant. And so uh, if we don't know how to do whatever the need is, we probably know someone who does again, and we can connect uh, folks up with that. Well, Mark, thanks so much again for being a part of the podcast and uh, for your encouragement as we have uh, begun to learn how to do this podcasting thing. I appreciate your encouragement and support, and uh, I'm grateful for the chance uh, that Rhonda and I have to learn a few things that, that we don't know. And I think just doing this podcast together is a learning experience, a growth experience for us. And uh, we're glad to be able to have Pinnacle as a uh, as a platform for doing that and providing this sort of resource out into the world. So thanks for your wisdom. I think there'll be a lot of people who um, in the the pastor life world will take something away from this conversation and, and hopefully we'll find a tool that'll help them take the next step forward. Thank you. It's been great to uh, connect with you all in this way and talk about a topic that's a lot of fun to talk about and very exciting. And thank you for doing Pastor Life podcast. And I think it's making a good contribution to this world. Thank you, Mark. Well, that's it for this episode of Pastor Life Podcast from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. You can find contact information for David, for me, as well as for Mark and the session notes. Uh, Mark dropped a lot of names of books. We'll try to capture all those and put links to those in the session notes on our website. All of that's at pinlead.com, P-I-N-N-L-E-A-D.com. Well, Rhonda, uh, you're going to hit the stop button on this recording in a few minutes, and I guess both of us are going to go off and do those 360 evaluations, right? (laughs) Where's the paper bag? I think I need to hyperventilate. (laughs) 